This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the geek revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Listen to Weeby Geeks podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or online at WeebyGeeks.net. Weeby Geeks, your voice for the Geek Revolution. Want to know more? The following production is part of the Weeby Geeks podcast collective. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am crew. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. I'm Suda. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the intrepid trio, Kylan, Eric, and myself, Mike. How you guys doing? Good. I'm all right. I'm going to make it. Did y'all notice on Twitter? I know. No. Okay. <laughs> I, I have a new link up to our web store. No. Sweet. And on that web store is, um, well, the image that pops up with that link shows a nice highlight of the Mighty Marvel Geeks merch. And when you go, because uh, it's a whole new storefront as well, so you could just choose items for Mighty Marvel Geeks and not have to cycle through everything. Or you could so choose, or you could choose by, it makes it easier to search for just Mighty Marvel Geeks merch. So if somebody wants, say, a... I don't know, a hockey jersey? Uh, if somebody wants, say, a newly live ball cap with the word balloon behind it, <laughs> it is up. I'll, <laughs> I'll say it, they look pretty good. They look very good. Of course, because it's Mighty Marvel Geeks merch. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course it is. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it, it's it's very, excuse me, very cool. Um, 
and glad to finally see the, the new hat. I finally got it worked up over the holidays um, between Eric and I and uh, ended up being, uh, I think we came up with something decent. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, too. Uh, I mean, it looks amazing. I, I'm extremely happy with it. And uh, <laughs> you can't go wrong. No, I agree. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled. So, um, I, I don't know where, where to go from there. <laughs> you're just so, you're just so blown away by it. I am. I mean, and the stuff, like I said, the stuff looks great. I mean, it really does. Uh, I love the new look and Hey, right now use the code WBG 14 for 14% off your purchase for Valentine's day. Ah, it's because we love you. That makes me want to cry. Rather you go by uh, that too. So, um, but also to check out our other affiliates on the website and check out uh, like heroes and villains. Uh, they've got some great stuff there. Use the code field agents, all one word for um, 15% off your first purchase. Uh-oh. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. So and I'm going to have the new, the, the new link to the web store is also active on the site. I got to get the new image up for it. So, uh, so yeah. Now for those of you who travel to the parks, go West for this story. East isn't going to help you. Um, because Disneyland is teasing Spider-Man's arrival to the Avengers campus. Lucky really? ducks. Uh, according to their, their, uh, to the park's Twitter account on, Thursday the 30th. Um, wow, we're three days away. At time of recording, it's also the 30th. We're three days away from my 22nd anniversary at work. Wow. Well, congratulations, young man. Thanks. Three more years, I'll hit 25 years. Wow. Can't believe I'm saying that. Um, you have mastered elementary math. Thank God it's not Comic Core. <laughs> Um, The park's Twitter account posted a preview giving a fans a first look at what Spider-Man will be doing in the park. Uh, This video shows everyone's favorite web slinger gliding through the air and doing some sick flips against the night sky. It looks like the hero is in the in the uh, homecoming suit. But that may make sense as the suit has the classic red and blue color scheme that makes them easily identifiable by most people. But, you know, they could have done the suit, not the not the shield suit from far from home, but the, the regular suit from far from home and been fine as well. Yeah. With the gold trim. Oh, yeah. yeah that'd be kind of neat. Um, so when the first couple of... Images surfaced around D23. It looked like the park was planning to have a giant statue, but it's become clear that this may not be the case at all. Uh, A lot of those concept shots showed various heroes running along the rooftops as they navigated that section of the park. (laughs) I'm going to tell you right now, that's not going to be happening. No. Not not unless those those people are wearing harnesses that are tethered because they're not going to be allowed within six feet of any rooftop without it. Oh, no, they're not. No. And that's a Disney policy. I don't know if it's an OSHA standard as well, but I know that's a policy Disney has put in place. So unless they're animatronic, it's not going to happen. Um, or computer-generated imagery. Yeah. Okay. Since you mentioned that, did you see the tech or the uh, behind-the-scenes shots of how some of uh, Mandalorian was done? Yes. And, and that, I'm going to be honest, that kind of blew my mind a little bit. Well, if, you, if you've if you listened to Wookiee Radio, which here on Sorcerer Radio you should have since it's on before us, when we had Dominic Pace, he mentioned 
walking onto the soundstage with the LED walls. And you would have never have known that, that it was hard to tell even that close that you were staring at an image and not an actual practical set. Wow. Okay. I- I'm just going to ask the question, how long before giant LED screens like that become commonly available? Like, say, at your local Best Buy or Walmart? Uh, I I mean, TVs are getting bigger and bigger, and the price is slowly coming down. Okay, so you're you're talking taking your living room and turning it into a round room so you can have a TV in the wrap. Not, Not necessarily. I'm talking about having, like, take your living room and take one whole section of wall, and now that's a TV. That's a possibility. Or or you use it as a virtual window. Yeah, but how? Because some of, some of the... Sort of, uh, sort of like in Total Recall? Yes, exactly, like Total Recall. That's not where I was about to go, but that's a much better analogy. But there is if if you're going to do that, then seriously, why why stop there? And you actually have a round screen room. I mean, you're one yeah. step away from Star Trek holodeck at that point. You really. But, are. I mean, you do have some rooms like you know VR rooms, mm-hmm. and basically what they are, they are rooms that well they don't have any furniture. Yeah. Right. And uh, or and, very limited furniture. And you know we do have holograms now. Yeah. I mean, we've had we've had holograms since the mid nineties. Right. Know? But, but if you're if you're talking. Like what was done at the Grammys with uh, the gorillas or with the Tupac and Michael Jackson. That's actually Pepper. Those were those weren't truly holograms. Those were Fuller's ghosts. They they were either well the Jackson and Pep and uh, Tupac were Pepper's ghost. Okay, essentially, um, which I still haven't seen completely how that was done. But I know with the Madonna thing, Madonna and the gorillas, or even with the gorillas, that that's all high high end CGI, right? Because she walked a certain path, and that's how she was able to maneuver around the gorillas. Mm-hmm. What, and they they added her into that track because you notice where she walks off the the edge of the stage to come on come out front doesn't mm-hmm. line up completely. Yeah, right. So, but I'm now that you mention it, a room that is essentially. You have the door, and then the rest of the room, the rest of the walls, is basically a rounded room that has a giant LED screen wrapping all the way around it. Can you imagine what kind of viewing experience or gaming experience you could have with that? That'd be very interesting. I mean, you would almost have Tony Stark set up from, like, the Avengers. Oh, you would. Could you, okay, and you use like you use like VR gloves. Use VR gloves yeah. to control. I mean, you don't have to have the VR headset; just have the gloves that allow you to manipulate game elements there on the screens. Here's my only major problem: you try and play a game like Spider-Man and PS4 on it, you're gonna get sick. I'm thinking more Skyrim. <sighs> yeah, Jedi Fallen Order on it would be. Oh, there you go. Impressive as well, but um. So yeah, well, to continue We're on, with, <laughs> yeah, we are. I gotta get us back on track. We uh, have more t- than a geometry class. I understand that. Anyway, their Twitter account wrote: "Spider-Man will soon swing into action above Avengers Campus, opening this summer at Disney's California Adventure Park at Disneyland." Uh, I have watched the video, and the video looks like it's mainly CGI, or they or they might have gotten with Sony and just said, "Can you just?" Put Spidey on a black screen and 
show show him doing flips. The only way I could potentially see him doing actual flips in the park is y'all remember the whole um there was the looked like a test dummy that would do the flips that would be swung off yeah. a rope yeah, and yeah. land it if supposedly that was being tested by Disney. Mm-hmm. Could we have that potential? I think that's a possibility. They could get it where it does the Spider-Man poses in the air with the flips. Well, I know not too long ago, I was watching. It was like uh, it might have been a Sunday morning, CBS Sunday morning thing. And they were talking to Imagineers and they had built these robots who were now like like you said, man, they, they were sitting there doing the flips and they look pretty humanoid. And not I'd be honest with you, they're that if 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 Disney was willing to show that, you know that they got the next level already testing and ready to go. And I bet the next level would be robots that would be able to do a live action Spider-Man show. So you wouldn't have to worry about liability. Yeah. And then. Then, uh, well, much like uh, like they would say in Agents of uh, the Agents of Shield, uh, like Mac would say, then you have to worry about the robots rising up against their human masters. Yeah, yeah. There's that. Yeah. Are you saying this is going to be the Cirque du Soleil Skynet? It could happen. I'm just saying. And maybe I watched maybe I watched too many movies, and maybe I've seen iRobot one too many times. I'm just saying. Okay, I guess we can go with that. <laughs> and I'm also just going to throw it out here. <laughs> Could it, should we be ruling out a simulator type ride? Hmm. Uh, I would. All right, all right. Think about this: the Spider-Man attraction at Universal. Right. That's a darn good attraction. Yes, it is. It's, I mean, it, it's fine. So- it's so darn good they reused it for Transformers. <clears throat> but the uh, the basic concept is like a marriage of CGI and practical effects. Yes. I could totally see that happening as well. Yeah. And I don't I don't think I don't think Disney would do that actual ride out there. No. But but I wouldn't be surprised if it's potentially the Iron Man ride in Shanghai. Is it Shanghai? I think I think so. The Iron Man ride in Shanghai is turned into Spider-Man in California. Huh. I'm not. I, I'm guessing. I really don't know because I'm not out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's that's my guess. I don't think I'm far off and thought as an idea that could be done. Right. Yeah, I don't think you're too far off on that. Uh, I wouldn't argue. And again, I got to throw the disclaimer out there. I don't know. I'm sure if I really wanted to look at work through my resources, I probably could find out more about it. But I, I haven't. And, and yes, and, and let, if I, and and if I had, if I had, I would have said, "Here's the story as it's written." All I'm going to do is comment on the story. I'm very careful about how I talk about things from work. Now, I just want to point out here: Mike does not share much stuff from us with us <laughs> from work. Um, I, I'm serious. Death Star Spaceship Earth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. He knew about Death Star Spaceship Earth for, right. a, for a while. Did he tell us about it? No. Two nope. months before. <laughs> and really, I, I, I think a lot of people don't really appreciate 
the situation that you're in. No. Because, you know, a lot of sites out there say, well, well inside sources tell us this. <clears throat> WTW news today. Well, uh, yeah, well, whoever. Hey, I had and no problems calling them out because they're morons. Oh, we were off by. not the only ones. We were they're off by a year, now. so we still count that as being right. Uh, no, you were wrong. Thank you very much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the point is, they're not the only ones doing it. No, they're not. But at the same time, s- telling people things that I don't want to use the word classified, but classified. Right. Um, I, those inside sources telling these others, hello, we do sign NDA. We, we have a standing NDA. Right. Non-disclosure agreement. agreement. And so, I mean, if you do spill the beans on stuff, it is, it, it could be very disastrous for you. I mean, essentially I knew for a year we were getting a Guardian's coaster at Epcot. I mean, and when WDW News Today called it out. Oh, it's going to happen in 2016. They're going to shut it down. And you weren't able to join us. But Kyla and I went through and totally destroyed that story from them. We did. Yes, we did. And Oh, (laughs) we had so much fun doing it. Um, We didn't officially talk about it, though, until after it was announced at the 35th anniversary event. In 2017. Right. That's what I'm talking about. You can't you can't say things that are specifically stated as, hey, don't say it. If that makes any sense at all. So we do we we make the the joke that we are freaking geniuses because we have guessed and guessed right on a few things. But the, the the simple fact of the matter is we don't have insider knowledge. Well, Kylan and I don't. No. And Mike, I th- Mike, I think, does a really good job of compartmentalizing. Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, it's like he knows things like like Tyrion Lannister. You know, he drinks and he knows things. But <laughs> but he doesn't he can't talk about things. He knows what he can and cannot talk about. It's the point that I'm trying to make. And so he doesn't talk about them. And, and we don't. And because we know that he can't, we don't ask. But the, the truth is, I think because we've we've done this for so long and it's not just a hobby for us, that that kind of we, we know what to believe, what not to believe and what strings to put together. And that's how we kind of call things sometimes the way we do. Well, yeah, it's kind of like meteorologists saying, "Well, conditions are right in your area for this, for this severe weather thing." Mm-hmm. Okay, and it, go ahead, Eric. Sorry. Well, I, I just want to say we don't want to get Mike in trouble uh, uh, because that would be bad. I like my job. Him. Yeah. See, there you go. You know. Oh, okay. So here, here's the fun one. We we're talking about freaking geniuses. Shall we discuss when we talked about New Mutants? <laughs> <laughs> we swear, I w- we swear right now that we did not have previous knowledge. There was no inside knowledge on that one. None. And then all of a sudden, I see this may be a good time to talk about this too, since we're pretty much done with the Disneyland story. Right. Yeah. Um, New Mutants. I said, well, how cool would it be if it was turned into the MCU? And this is how they introduce mutants into the MCU. And the and the mansion or or the hospital is a government thing run by Stryker. 
what came out two days later from D23? The newsletter that mentioned, oh, it's part of the MCU. Guess what? Quickly got pulled from D23's website and all links removed that New Mutants is part of the MCU. Because I, I, I messaged you because yeah. uh, because I told I told my wife about it and then she told me and I'm like oh my god really I was willing to give us three months or something before they started calling that <laughs> not 72 hours yeah I, it, sometimes you know that stuff just it falls into place a whole lot quicker than we think it will it, it, and, it, or sometimes it's slower so, well you know it was like uh okay it was like when we called fantastic four coming back and yeah. i think I, I think i had said it was gonna be i believe i believe that it was either in august and i said it was gonna be by christmas or it was in Christmas, and I said it was going to be by August, but it ended up being a little bit later than. But it was within that twelve-month period. The Fantastic Four started coming back to the more coming back to Marvel Comics. Yeah, you know, you just it, there's certain things that you just if Mar- Marvel Marvel has a certain a certain way that it acts towards certain properties. And if you know what to look for, then you can kind of start calling certain things. Like I I'm still, I still think that we're going to start, we're going to see something involving, um, uh, night thrasher. I mean, possible. I, I think we're going to see something with night thrasher or something with dark cock because those two guys got action figures and at least the way Marvel is right now, they're not just throwing action figure money at just anything. No, I got well, dark Hawk here on my wall. Mm-hmm. The dark Hawk action figure. Well, well, it's like I haven't told you, you know, I've kept it a secret that the trading post at Epcot's being turned into Wakon. Oops, sorry. Disregard. Huh? huh? What? Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> I think I wasn't paying attention. So. The the trade the trading post between China and Japan China and the, uh, Germany. As I call it the African elbow. Yeah. Wakanda. Yeah. Just kidding. Oh, really? Just kidding. It can't because the space behind is being is being built out for something else. Yeah, see they they couldn't they, and I they, they I couldn't see them throwing Wakanda in there. I could be wrong, but I just couldn't see them in that. Okay. Here's the thing. Uh-huh. I think they would. If they could, they would. Okay. The reason behind that uh-huh. and again we're we're de- we're we're tangenting here. But if they were ever to put a fictional country as a pavilion in Epcot's World Showcase, it would be Wakanda. It totally would be Wakanda. And what they have done is there's precedent here. Mm -hmm. There's precedent here because uh, they took the Norway pavilion. Right. There is a ride in the Norway pavilion for those of you who've never been there. Uh, it was called Maelstrom. It was basically like a, a cultural attraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would go through, you know, some of the landscape of Norway, and uh, you would uh, get like a, a brief touch on, uh, you know, Norse mythology, and go through a fjord down by an oil rig and into a a quaint Norwegian fishing village. Mm-hmm. Okay. I enjoyed that ride. I really did. But Disney at uh, not too long ago decided this, and they kind of had a point here. They said, this ride is not, this attraction is not pulling in the people. And so they said, all right, 
let's tur- let's t- close this ride down and let's make it a frozen ride. Okay. Now, did they? Because, in all fairness, this is the setting of Arendelle in the movie is is very strongly inspired by Norway itself. Right. Now, I would not have had it the the first issue with doing this if it had been like Anna and Elsa take you on a tour of Norway. Right. But they did not do that. No. They turned Norway in the attraction to Arendelle. I have taken all this time to get you to the point where they turned a ride about an actual country into a write about a fictional one. So that they have got their foot in the fictional country door. Okay. So I do believe that a Wakanda pavilion is very much possible. But I don't think it's going to happen because of, I think, the contract with um, Universal. That contract will not be in place forever. Yeah. And if and and if they don't put the word Marvel anywhere. Yeah, but I think it's the character itself. Okay. Because when they did it in California, we didn't do it here. Okay. But we did have Doctor Strange here. That's true, and we do and we are getting Guardians of the Galaxy. Correct. So I think there is wiggle room, and I, I do so believe that, that the exclusivity agreement for Universal, it, we are closer to its end than its beginning. Right. Well, we have talked about Universal really, while they're keeping it, they're really looking for someplace new for Fantastical Beasts from the Harry Potter realm. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be that hard to change Marvel Island over to an older New York City, considering it was originally designed to be for Batman. Yeah. Hence right. why it has a darker Gotham City type look and not a typical Marvel bright and cheery for color look. Yeah. I mean, this is why you see uh, manhole covers every so often, because that's a common thing from Batman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you could easily do that from from this. Yeah. So I, I I'm not putting this under any kind of timeline. I'm not I'm not going to say, well, it'll be here by 2024. Right. Oh, no, it won't. I. I'm just saying if they do put in a fictional country in World Showcase, it will it will be Wakanda. Yeah. And honestly, I think we're going to see a fictional country pavilion before we'll see another actual country. Well, you know, and well, I, that's one I can't comment on. OK, <laughs> as we reference an earlier part of our conversation tonight, I, I would say based on. Based on the, the the facts that you've laid out, I I, I I I I will say that I agree with what you're saying now. I could see that. Now, would I like to see more world, more real country pavilions there? I know we're we're drifting off of Marvel further and further by the moment, like a rogue iceberg. But <laughs> it, it, I would love to see more actual countries because turning Norway into Arendelle is still a bit of a sore spot for me. Mm-hmm. Not just because I'm not a big fan of the movie. I thought it was okay. I also thought it was like overrated and overhyped, kind of like your average Starbucks. But I just thought you keep your countries real. But if you're going to go that route, you have already put the camel's nose in the tent. You're going to do it. Right. And when when that agreement eventually expires, you're going to see a run on Marvel stuff. Mm -hmm. 
I would love to see an Asgard pavilion. Yeah, I would. I would love to see a nowhere pavilion. Although it'd be a little creepy to have a giant head as uh, as your architectural style, but I know it is what it is. Yeah, I see. I would love to see somewhere a intersectorum. Yeah, mm-hmm. part at park level. But anyway, getting anyway, yes, getting yes. back on Just track. Track that iceberg back to the Marvel. Um, which I gotta see where we're at. Okay, there we are. Uh, Marvel. The Marvel animated series Modok, Marvel's Modok, names its supercast. Uh, this came last week, and of course, we didn't talk about this last week because we had a great guest last week with Jed McKay. That yeah. was fun. That was uh, a fun. And, and he was awesome. Uh, so, the upcoming series for Hulu has unveiled its stellar cast that will lend their voices to the first endeavor into animated comedy geared towards adults. By Marvel. Now, the supervillain Modok, um, which is the ego-driven mental organism designed only for oh. killing, um, is going to be voiced by, I believe he's also producer of the show, Patton Oswalt. Yep, there you go. I can hear Modok going, you're not going to need a lanyard. <laughs> <laughs> So since we're at this, since we're going through this, would you cast anyone else for the role? Uh, so we can do like know, a fan casting here. Okay, fan casting. You got a you got an idea in, in mind off the top of your head, Kylan? Ah, well, okay. If we're 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 talking, um, if we want to keep it comedic, see, man. Okay, I I, I like Pat Oswald a lot. I like him a lot for that. Uh, I, I would go one other direction, but I'm, I'm going to say mine after you two go. Uh. My, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll go off the reservation here. How about Bob Newhart? I'm just going to say Bob Newhart as Modoc. Why not? Okay. <laughs> that took serious. That took serious chutzpah right there. Thank you. My my first thought is unfortunately uh, the the guy who I would love to hear as the voice passed away some time ago. Chris Latta. And Ooh. if you don't recognize that name, you would definitely recognize the voice. He voiced Starscream and Cobra Commander. Oh, uh, the old Transformers and G.I. Joe cartoons. Yes. You know, like the Megatron! Because that to me sounds like a good MODOK voice as well. Um, I'm going to kind of go off the reservation as well, and I'm going to go with Stephen Russell. He is a voice actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kylan, you would probably recognize his voice as, uh, cause he done a lot of voices in fallout fallout four. Yes. Okay. The voice of Codsworth. <gasps> oh, Codsworth and Nick Valentine. Okay. He has done a lot of voices in Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was uh, particularly like some of the Daedra, like Clavicus Vile, because Modoc also strikes me as kind of a, a Clavicus Vile type. Right. And, and so I would like to see him do his, take a crack at it. Okay. It doesn't hurt that I've met the guy and talked with him, so I... I kind of like just, dude. I want I want to give you some work because there's no way in heck I'm buying Fallout 76, no matter what I told you. Yeah. I and no, I'm not. No. Uh, I like the the series. No. I'm gonna throw out there Brian Regan. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. C- could you imagine Modoc going? I'm not drunk. I just look this way. <laughs> <laughs> 
and he would be and he would be uh, uh, he would be right and i i think he's got a great voice that could do this as well okay I, not knocking I, y'all's I think, choices either still i'm, I'm I, looking I up got, one there's one voice i think we need to throw in there as an honorable mention mm-hmm. um and the reason i do it's because he's done it already uh-huh. uh uh See if I can find it here. Charlie Adler. Charlie Adler. Why does that name sound familiar? Uh, let's see what I'm looking him up in IMDb right as we speak. Uh, he. Uh, let's see. He is known for <laughs> Starscream in the Transformers Michael Bay version. Okay. Um, he's done. Uh, he, he is. He's done a lot of. Uh, he's done a lot of voices, voice work, and he has done Modok voice in Avengers Assemble. Okay. Okay. Uh, also, a Spider-Man TV series short. He uh, he was in Lego Marvel's Avengers, doing the voice of Modok as well. Did he do the voice uh, in the Phineas and Ferb? Yes, that's that is where I was thinking of him to begin with. Uh, he also did it, and he also voiced Modok in Ultimate Spider-Man, and also in Disney Infinity 3.0. Uh, that okay, all right. So there you go. All right. Oh no. Okay, I'm just looking here and said, it, not only did he voice Starscream in the Michael Bay Transformers movies in the GI Joe Renegades. Oh. He voiced Cobra Commander. Oh, wow. What is, uh, did, do you just have an ear? Is that what that is? Because that's just nuts. I do. I do listen to try to identify voice actors. I do. Like, I, I like to think that some voice actors I can pick out, even if I even if I don't know going in. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, like Jim Cummings. Yes. Who voices yeah. Darkwing Duck and Winnie the Pooh and. Um, and a bunch of others. Or Tigger. He he took over Tigger after Paul Winchell passed away. Yeah. Right. And uh and he voiced he voiced it a lot of guys in Skyrim too. Isn't he the voice of Pooh as well? Yeah. Okay. Well, in honor of your honorable mention. I, Modok, the perfect combination of human intellect and machine, have interfaced with all of the digital information stored on the vast network of the World Wide Web. I can do the same thing with my phone. Plus, I got free roaming. Nice. <laughs> and I'm just going to throw something out here. I did not know until right until just now. Venom in the Phineas and Ferb Mission Marvel uh-huh. is voiced by Danny Trejo. <laughs> no. Yes. Oh, oh, okay. I would love Danny Trejo as MODOK. Gentlemen, it looks like we are going on an evil road trip. Oh, shotgun. You do not fit in the shotgun position. <laughs> so okay i'm trying to think. all right who who voiced liam <laughs> o'brien voiced red skull okay so continuing on amy garcia will voice modok's wife jody garcia. i don't know her well, let's she see was, if i am he knows her she was in dexter she was yes. also in lucifer robocop okay she was in the 2014 version of robocop okay, okay. um she was in the TV series of Rush Hour. Never saw that. Uh, oh, yeah. I'd never watched that because it was weird because Rush, Rush Hour just seemed to be a knockoff martial law. And martial law was just a knockoff Rush Hour. But martial law did it better. She was in the George Lopez TV series back okay. in 06 and 07. All right. As the oldest daughter, maybe? 
Uh, she was playing Veronica Palmero. I couldn't tell you. She was in All About the Andersons, Greetings from Tucson, American Family. She was in the Adams Family movie that came out last year as yes. the voice of Denise. Mm-hmm. She was in Cadet Kelly, the Disney Channel original movie, as Gloria. Yep. Okay. So, okie dokes, that's two good choices so far, I would say. Yeah. Hmm. Who else would you go with for Jody? I mean, Jody could be almost anyone at this point. Yeah, because, you know, Modoc's love life is not something that typically gets a lot of attention. Right. Right. Um, I kind of like this. I can't, I, I, I'm good with this. Now, Ben Schwartz of Parks and Rec and the upcoming Sonic film, which I'm still not sold on that. Well, voice. I'm a lot more movie. sold on it now uh, that they fixed it. But I don't think they fixed it enough. <laughs> okay. We'll see. I need, I need to see more. Uh, he will voice the unambitious preteen son, Lou, and Melissa Romero will play their queen bee champion figure skater daughter, Melissa. <laughs> okay. Oh. Uh, additional voices will include Wendy McLendon Covey as Modoc's okay. work rival Monica. <laughs> um, Beck Bennett as Silicon Valley tech whiz and new boss John Daly. Or a new a new boss, um, John Daly as the snarky android super adaptoid. Yes. Super Adaptoid is one of the the deep cuts from the Marvel Universe that I really I'm really looking forward to seeing. And Sam Richardson as henchman Gary. Wait, hold on, Gary. That's not the same. No, is it is it Gary that's in um, Deadpool? That's sort of like Deadpool's nemesis. And I don't remember. Wonder if that's the same one. But, Kylan, you have some continuing news about Marvel and Hulu. I I do, and it's it's not, it's a little bit of a downer, but it was announced this week that Marvel has scrapped the animated series Howard the Duck and Tiger and Dazzler. No sign of unusual brain activity. Uh... Yeah, I, I have to admit, because I was kind of, I was kind of excited to see what they were going to do with Howard the Duck. I, I, yeah, couldn't, I, was, I couldn't wait for Kevin Smith to do Howard the Duck because he was the one slated to do it. Right. Well, well, you know, there were issues. Well, I well, not too long ago they had announced that there were some issues with Tiger and Dazzler, and um, uh, Tony Isabella had volunteered his help uh, with the series. Um, but it seems that, you know, it seems that there's been, I guess there's some behind the scenes changes going on. That being said, uh, hip monkey and obviously hip monkey and Modoc are still alive and are, and are still alive. Hellstrom is still alive. Uh, as well, a Hel- theory, Hellstrom supposed to be live action. Yeah, Hellstrom is live action. Um, but yeah, for some reason, it doesn't really even give a reason why why uh, Howard the Duck and Tiger Tiger and Dazzler got the axe. But uh, I mean, looks like they've been searching for uh, new showrunners and writers uh, after the showrunner Erica Rivanova had left due to creative differences. But it seems that they just they couldn't maybe it looks like here they couldn't find somebody to fill that spot. 
Uh, and so, at least for now, those two series are are gone. Uh, I would like to think. I would like to think that maybe somebody, it, maybe it's just on the back burner, and somebody's going to pick it up. I mean, because they were really jazzed about these shows. You know, uh, the, we were jazzed about. Duck, uh, yeah, definitely the Howard the Duck. I was still trying to wrap my head around why they would pair up Tigra and Dazzler, though. Well, based on, and I'll tell you, um, and I don't know how uh, authentic this is, but looking at the, I'm looking at the article on Deadline.com, and it, it just seems like that the, the the art style that I'm seeing of Tigra and Dazzler is sort of more, uh if you remember, uh, there was a network uh, that was well, it's now the Paramount Network, but it was sort of like the sort of like a guys network that was on PTEN, not PTEN. Yeah, I think it it, it grew out. Uh, I know it was Spike for a while. Spike, yeah, okay. yeah. Do you okay. remember Spike had an animated series? Was like Stripperella. Yes. Yes. Okay. So the the artwork seems to be more in the lines of that. I like I said, I don't know if, based on what I'm looking here. I don't know if this is if these were renditions of Dazzler and uh, Tiger that had come from this, or if it came from something else. But it just seemed to be. I I I was like you. I thought it was kind of a weird pairing to put those two. Okay. Together, just just to have fun. Here is the history of the now Paramount Network. Yeah, originally it was called the Nashville Network. Yep, I remember that. Then, then yeah, then it went to the National Network. Yep, then it went to the new TNN. Mm-hmm. Then it went to Spike TV. Yep, then Spike, uh-huh. and now Paramount Network. Right. Yeah. Kind of like the old Nashville Network, but that was just me. Uh, but no, I'm. Let's talk about this this pairing with Tigra and Dazzler because you know it makes so much sense to to beat that dead horse now that the series has been canceled. How do you pull those two out of their their completely different? I don't want to say genres, but. Right. Well, they're two different. They're, they're two different settings, basically, because Tiger has been typically like an Avengers right. tie-in. But Dazzler, I mean, she was her own character for a while, but then she wound, she fell up with the with the X Men, and she's been with the X Men ever since. Right. Well, here's a description: Is that in Marvel's Tigra and Dazzler show, woke superheroes and best friends? Tiger and Dazzler fight for recognition among powered people who make up the 8 million stories in, in Los Angeles. Chelsea Handler, executive producer, along with Loeb, with Jeff Loeb. So that might explain things. That well, may explain Lo- quite a When Loeb stepping, well, with, with the shutdown of Marvel Television and mm-hmm. everything going, or that side of things being pulled from Marvel Entertainment and going straight to Marvel Studios, mm-hmm. maybe there was some animosity. Well, the other thing is, you know, that this probably puts the offenders uh, in a questionable place as well, because, you know, the idea yeah. where you, you're going to have all these animated series and eventually bring them all together into the offenders. And now that that's that is looking questionable right now as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, you know, we, you know, much like the uh, the much lamented um, 
Agents of Shield spinoff, um, most, most wanted. wanted. We yeah. we get what we want sometimes. So you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we hit the fun part of the issue, uh, I'm going to quickly go through these. Um, going through now, 2019, uh, comicbook.com gives us 39 worst comic book movies of all time. I'm just going to read off the ones that Mar- where Marvel sits in this. And by the way, okay. the previous story came to us from the Pop Insiders, if we didn't say that before. Um Sitting at number 39 is Spider-Man 3. Okay. Sitting at 38, X-Men, The Last Stand, since that is now a Marvel property, even though it was under Fox. Uh, Marvel is Marvel. Number 36, it's a tie between Thor and Iron Man 2. Okay. Okay, let me ask this question. Iron Man 2, I enjoyed. Okay, let let me ask this question. When it says the 39 worst, so number one is going to be the absolute worst of the worst. That's what I'm guessing. Okay. Uh, well, scroll it, it, down to number one and look and, and, well, and see. It's based on the Metacritic uh-huh. and their meta scores from which they don't say where those are from. Okay. Well, I'm just going to say I enjoyed Thor. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed I okay. the okay Aryan fish out of water thing. I I enjoyed Iron Man too. Right. Yeah. So, um, so that was a tie for 36. Got it. And a tie for number 32. Thor the Dark World, which I agree. <laughs> I was not yeah. a fan of that movie. And also tied at 32, Hulk. Okay. I'm sorry. I would have moved. I would have put those two at 38, was it? No, 36. And moved Thor and Iron Man 2 to 32, personally. Right. I, it's my personal opinion. Yeah. Uh, number 31, Spider-Man 2. I, I'm sorry. That's that's a better movie. That yeah, is yeah. probably the best of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. No, mm-hmm. uh, the Amazing Spider-Man too. Oh, 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 oh! Well, in that case, roll on, Johnson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, at twenty-nine, which they're missing thirty, but so they they screwed up their own numbering. Uh, at twenty-nine, X-Men. Apocalypse, and it ties with Blade 2. Mm, I don't know who should feel most slighted about that. Yep. Uh, at number 25, it's a tie. Blade and what? Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. Oh, hell no. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Oh, language. I, 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 I got feelings about that. Blade was good. It's because I we have comic book movies. I, I think what Blade has going against it most on this list is the fact that it is a Marvel movie before the MCU started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Marvel's next appearance at number 22, Dark Phoenix. Way too low. I that, finally watched it, and I'm sorry I ever did. Are you saying this is a top ten on the worst list? We may have Man. to. We may have to take these movies and figure out our own ranking. You know what we ought to do, or uh, figure, yes, or or create, or create a survey monkey where you rank them, and we post that on Twitter and get the get our field agents to rank them. Yeah, because uh, there are certain movies I just can't watch. Like I'm, I'm not about to watch Dark Phoenix. I can't. It, it goes right up there with a right down there, rather, with Fantastic Flop. I, I'm sorry. Well, at number 20, we have a tie. We have Supergirl from that other company mm-hmm. tied with Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I think that was uh, a little I, bit higher, but okay. 
So no, I'm kind of kind of on that uh, good on that list because here's here's the thing: Affleck, Gardner, Garner. Mm-hmm. You know, that, this was per- the movie they met on, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah their their performances are kind of forgettable, but Michael Clark Duncan as the freaking kingpin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, dude, that that's what saved that movie for me. Is it? Yeah. Isn't John Favreau uh, in it as well as Happy? Yes, yes, he is. Uh, yeah, as his partner Hogan. Hogan, Happy Hogan. Uh, no, no, Happy Hogan. No, 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 no. Um, who? He's Foggy. Yes, Foggy, Foggy Nelson. And of course, Kevin. So basically, so basically, we've got John Favreau doing modern day Seven Dwarfs. He's playing Happy and Foggy, and then he'll be sleepy, sneezy, dopey. Yeah, so, I'm sorry. Please continue. Uh, to continue, uh, tied at seventeen. Again, they've screwed up their numbering because whatever. Uh, but this is comicbook.com. Uh, again, from the other company, Suicide Squad at seventeen. And from Marvel, X-Men Origins, Wolverine. Yeah, I kind of... Yeah, I I can't argue with that being on the list where it is. And then also continued with the tie... Fantastic Four, 2005 movie. The one with Ian Grufford as Mr. Yes. Fantastic? Yes. yes. And uh, Jessica Alba as, uh, as Sue Storm. And Steve Rogers oh. as, <laughs> as Johnny that, Storm. That's, <laughs> that just proves how bad that movie is when Marvel is willing to cast um, you know, Chris Evans as a new Marvel character just so people will forget that he played Johnny Storm. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Uh, at number uh, at number at number fifteen, Blade Trinity. Blade Trinity. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Mm, I'm gonna shut up. Anyway, uh, at number twelve, I, remember, I think we're getting worse. Right. I, I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not agreeing with the list. I'm just saying I could see where that would be there. Uh, yeah, I, tied at twelve, we have Red Sonia, Ghost Rider. And Venom. I wanted to like Ghost Rider. I really wanted to like Ghost Rider. I I'm, I'm scared to go back. I, I walked out of Ghost Rider thinking I thinking I liked it. I'm scared to go back and watch it again. That kind of tells me something about it. When you got Sam Elliott getting honest, where I got one more ride left in me, and then stops. This is as far as I could go. What? Come on. He didn't say it was a long ride true oh it was a long ride but still he couldn't couldn't continue to help out uh at number 10 electra yes and it's it's tied with ghost rider spirit of vengeance uh uh at number eight from the other company jonah hex and it's tied with the punisher which was on amc today i actually enjoyed are we talking about the thomas jane Okay. okay. The one that takes place in Tampa. Okay. Um, I, I, for a moment, I thought you were going to talk about the uh, the Dolph Lundgren version, and I'm just kind of no, like, oh, God, that's horrible. Yeah. We'll get, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm calling it right now. That version is 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 still to come on this list. Uh, number six, Punisher Warzone. Ooh. Okay. Number four, it's a tie. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the other company, Batman and Robin. Okay. That's pretty bad. From yes. Marvel. <clears throat> Fantastic flop. <clears throat> Incredible Hulk? Howard the Duck. Oh. Oh, oh man. Oh, sorry. I, dude, my condolences. But Walmart said it was one of the best films of the 80s. Exactly. And I got the photo photographic proof of that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, at number two, we have a tie. Mm-hmm. 
the 2015 Fantastic Flop. Okay. okay. And Catwoman. Well, dang. From the other company. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I don't know who needs to feel worse about that. I really don't know which movie needs to feel worse about being tied with the other. <laughs> that that's agreed. That's, and then the number one horror, worst film is from the other company. So okay, it doesn't surprise me. So we don't. I am. Worry, don't I am surprised that the Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie is not in there. I'm surprised that. The uh, David Hasselhoff, Nick Fury, Agent Shield movies not on there. That does not count. That was a made for TV only. Yeah, made okay. for TV. How about the night? How about any of the Captain America, like the 1990 Captain America? Oh, Ooh. That, with that, Frank, Frank Langella as the Red Skull. And, and who who's to say that list had to be kept to just movies that made it to the big screen? Because if that's the case, I make an argument. The 1979 Doctor Strange. Oh, if we're if we're calling in made for TV movies, I am slapping down the Trial of the Incredible Hulk. I'm oh. telling you, I'm telling you, I'm gonna have to go Survey Monkey and do a thing, rate these, and come up with our rank a combined listener us rankings of. I'm gonna have to do two: one for us, one for the listeners. Rankings of Marvel films. Okay, wait a minute. The Trial of the Incredible Hulk is where they had Daredevil. Right. Yes. And Stan where, Lee as the foreman. One, which one was the one that Thor showed up in? Uh, Return of the Incredible Hulk. Okay. <laughs> which, yeah, that Thor, that whole Thor and uh of Lightning made me mad. Yeah. I, I will say this, though. They did Thor's personality pretty good. They did. Yeah. That was about the only part they got good. Yeah. But they did do that part right, what I th- I thought right. Yes. Yeah. I'll give you that. Well, since it's close to time, I'm gonna, we're going to have to go through these quickly. Okay. Our picks of the week. And since I've also got the MU pick for the week, I'll start us off. Uh, I'm going with Yondu, number five, which is the final of that mini. News of the Herald's urn has gotten out, and Yondu and his descendants, descendant from the 31st century, Yondu, find themselves in everyone's crosshairs. In desperation, they initiate a Hail Mary to keep the urn out of the wrong hands to catastrophic results. As the smoke clears and the fate of the universe hangs in the balance, only one Yondu will be left standing, and the galaxy will never be the same after this stunning series conclusion. So, Kylan, why don't you hit us with your first pick of the week? My first pick of the week um, is Daredevil Daredevil number 17, uh, brought to us by Chip Zdarsky, Jorge Fornes, and Julian Titino Tedesco with an awesome cover, I must say. Uh, Target Daredevil. The war in Hell's Kitchen builds as Owl takes his stab at Wilson Fisk, formerly the kingpin of crime, now the mayor of New York. Matt must come to terms with what Daredevil truly means, and he better do it soon as a new and deadly foe makes a decisive return. Okay. Eric, your first pick of the week. My first pick of the week is Savage Avengers number zero by Jerry Duggan, Greg Smallwood, Philip Tan, Chris Claremont, and John Romita. And there was absolutely no write-up for this that I could find anywhere. But the cover's really cool because it's got magic and Doctor Strange looking over a scrying pool that has... 
several Avengers and X-Men in almost like their cosplaying D&D fantasy version uh, fighting each other. Okay. Well, my second pick of the week is Spider-Verse number five. It's number five of six. Spider-Man Norwa, dead no more. Miles continues his journey to save the web of life and comes face to face with Spider-Man Noir. But wait, isn't he dead? So over to you, Kylan. Uh, my second pick is Strike Force number six, brought to us by Tinny Howard. Capo Carmani and Juan Jose Rip. Moonstruck monstrosity. Ghost's secret of ally is revealed. Moonstone, aka the psychotic psych Carla Soffin. But what does a manipulator of minds want with a hospital full of the dead and dying? And can this decisive, can this divisive team keep off the edge of death themselves? Okay. Eric, it's up to you for wrapping up the second pick of the week. Okie dokie. Well, um, (laughs) my second pick of the week is Conan Battle for the Serpent Crown, number one of five, by Saladin Ahmed, Luke Ross, and Mahmoud Azrar. And again, I could not find a write-up for this one either, but it's got Conan wearing the serpent crown and there's somebody who looks like Mephisto in the background. Cool. My final pick of the week should not come as a surprise like it was last week, but Star Wars Darth Vader number one. Wait, should I get the right book? Um, Join me and together we can rule the galaxy as father and son. In the shattering climax of The Empire Strikes Back, Darth Vader infamously reveals his true relationship to Luke Skywalker. He's his cousins, nephews, uncles, fathers. I mean, yeah, he's his father. Um, and invites his son to rule the galaxy at his side. But Luke refuses, plunging into the abyss beneath Cloud City rather than turn to the dark side. We all remember Luke's utter horror in this life-altering moment. But what about Vader? In this epic chapter in the Darth Vader saga, the Dark Lord grapples with Luke's unthinkable refusal and embarks on a bloody mission of rage-filled revenge against everything and everyone who had a hand in hiding and corrupting his only son. But even as he uncovers the secrets of Luke's origin, Vader must face shocking new challenges from his own past. Writer Greg Pak and artist Raphael Inicio unleash Darth Vader on his dark quest of vengeance and discovery. So, Kylan, final pick of the week. My final pick is Swordmaster. Number eight, um, and that's brought to us by Shizhu and Gunji, Demons at the Gate. Swordmaster and Ji Xuanzang prepare to face the demon horrors of Shiyu, the god of war. But how can they fight an overwhelming supernatural army when they can't seem to trust each other? And what is the horrible family secret that threatens to bring Shiyu back to destroy the world? Okay, Eric, your final pick of the week. My final pick of the week is Immortal Hulk Great Power number one by Tom Taylor and Jorge Molina. The Hulk finds a new host, the amazing Spider-Man, 
When Bruce Banner wakes up in the middle of the night without the Hulk, he thinks he's finally free. But the Hulk is immortal, and the night's not over yet. If you thought he was dangerous in the body of mild-mannered Bruce Banner, wait till you see him now. Peter Parker is the man with the proportional strength and agility of a spider, capable of lifting trains on his bad days. And he's about to get a big green power-up with a temper to match. Okay. Ow. Well, my MU pick, uh, I was going to pick this a couple weeks ago, and then we had, um, it ended up being the week that Kylan chose, which really kind of messed things up, because next week I'll have the pick again. Um, but I, I, I picked this up, it was one of the free books on comicology, mm-hmm. and they're listing It's Galactic Guardians, number one, from the 1994 miniseries. Oh. And this introduces Wooden, son of Thor. And the cover is just one that really grabbed my attention. Uh, okay. And the, there's no write-up on this book, which is funny. Uh, but in the Galactic Guardians, we got Fire Lord, uh, Martinex, Replica, Spirit of Vengeance, uh, Phoenix, Phoenix Nine, Mainframe slash Vision, uh, Hollywood slash Wonder Man. Uh, again, Wooden, uh, your antagonists are the Martian Masters in a flashback and Silverback, which is his first appearance. Um, other characters in this is Himdall, Harry Pym, uh, Rita Damara's Yellow Jacket, Ski League, Magneto, uh, which is, he's mentioned as Max Eisenhart, uh, Avengers, Tony Stark, Reed Richards, Hulk, Thor, Monica Rambo's Captain Marvel, and Spider-Man. No. Oh. Okay. All right. And, and all this takes place on Earth 691. Huh. So hmm. uh, check it out. I'm not, I'm going to have to check that one out because I don't remember that book. So any final thoughts? Nope. I'm good. Uh-huh. Good. Uh, oh, the- yeah. I do have one final thing. This was something that came out last week uh, for people who are in the area or somebody who's just looking for some place to go. Uh, it's been announced that... Uh, there is going to be a Marvel exhibit at the uh, at the Henry Ford Museum. Uh, it's going to feature 80 years of Marvel history with uh, over 300 artifacts, as they're calling, calling this. Uh, and the uh, exhibit will be uh, from Saturday, March the 28th to September the 7th. That's at Dearborn, Michigan. Dearborn, Michigan. So cool. Um, if that's it, then it's the only thing left to do. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope. Just time to go dark. I should probably look into it once my encryption program finishes breaking into all of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s secure files.